Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. And now, here's your host, Claire Kumar, NAPO member since 2010. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of NAPO's podcast, Stand Out. I'm productivity catalyst Claire Kumar and thrilled to be your host. I'm excited today to dive into a topic that some of us want to talk about, some of us not so much. One of the top six leadership skills, according to a 2013 Harvard Business View article, is the ability to anticipate. While very few anticipated the events of 2020, we know challenges will keep coming. In financial markets, there's an average of a 10% drop every 23 months. And we've all heard of the seven-year itch. (laughs) With climate change, we've seen increasingly dramatic weather events. And as we know, life happens. And even when things we know will happen happen, we are often unprepared. Take, for example, Aretha Franklin and Prince, who both died without leaving a will. As organizers and productivity professionals, we are uniquely positioned to help our clients prepare for inevitable challenges. But how can we best go about it? And what are some of the key challenges? So today, to better understand that and how to help clients prepare for the unexpected, NAPO member and professional organizer, Lisa Witzleben is here with us. Why Lisa? Well, Lisa spent over 13 years working in logistics and worked alongside the state of Alaska Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management as a logistics planner. She holds a master's of science in global supply chain management. She became a solopreneur in 2015 running Unclutter Me to assist clients in leading a simpler life through an intentional process of uncluttering then organizing. She's the proud wife and mom of three, and she's joining us today from Meridian, Idaho. Welcome to you, Lisa. Thank you so much, Claire. I'm very excited to be here. I'm thrilled to pick up from an episode that you did for us in, I think, September or in the fall of 2019. Yes. And it was all around disaster preparedness, but really focusing on natural disasters. And we know there's a lot of other kinds of events to prepare for. So I wanted to have a conversation today, sort of twofold. Number one, about how we can help our clients prepare for the known and the unknown, that sort of the psychological challenges that we're having, and then B or two, to get into what can we do to help ourselves? Because there's a lot that we might be missing in terms of how we're looking after our businesses as well. And we need to perhaps dive into some of this thinking on our own. Absolutely. And I think that that's a very key point is people need to realize that we have ability to take control of situations, be it known or unknown. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example of a story. And I know you are from Alaska and spent most of your life there. And uh, so this story just hit the news recently, partly because there's a bit of Canada involved here. There's a, a young woman who had to decided to make a trip from Georgia to North Pole, Alaska. So there's a city called North Pole, Alaska, which I thought was so charming. And because her husband's in the military and stationed there. So she knew she wanted to get there early before the winter hit and so on and things, delays happen. But by her own admission, she was very unprepared. She was driving for about five days in whiteout conditions without snow tires on her truck. 
with a U-Haul attached behind and precious cargo inside, her two kids, her dogs, and her cat, not in the U-Haul, in the, in the truck. And so this lack of preparedness for a known trip, but a lot of unknowns, obviously, in her world. And it became a real challenge for her so much that through social media, she ended up connecting with a lovely, I think also a former military gentleman who heard the challenge, knew someone was in distress and drove her, I think, 1400 kilometers to get from British Columbia all the way to Anchorage. So a massive story of generosity and, and sort of a solution arriving. But this is a great example of what happens, what stops people from preparing for known risks? And then we can get into challenges we can't see. But what about known risks? Like we know we're making this trip. What happens in people's minds? Great question. The biggest thing that keeps anyone away from doing this is almost exactly why we as professional organizers, productivity specialists, and CPOs are working is that the number one reason our clients end up calling us is because they are finally just so overwhelmed. The number one reason that folks will not prepare even for the known is fear. And they feel as if they're taking it pessimistically versus realistically. And I am a very big believer, especially with a lot of my education that I've had, of that there is a very fine difference between thinking pessimistically and thinking realistically. And a lot of folks, no matter what country that they're from, don't want to look at that because it builds anxiety, it builds stress, it builds a feeling of uncomfortable that they have in them. And they feel as if almost that we've seen from various self-help books of, if I think of the negative, I may produce the negative. So I don't want to even do it. So I'm going to put that in a jar. I'm going to put that in a cupboard and not worry about it. And know that like in the case of your example, going on a trip and thinking that they have it all under control and not researching, not looking at the fact that you're going to go through another country and that you're hitting a terrain that is nothing like Fort Benning, Georgia, moving to Jay Bear up in North Pole, Alaska. That is what a lot of people are fearful of, be it that it is something as small as a broken bone that may keep you down for a while, or as big as what we're all experiencing now, no matter where you're from, this global pandemic is there are things that we can control and what we can control is preparing. And what we need to do with our clients is let them know that we're there to help them through this. But the biggest reason they will not attack these issues is fear. Yeah. It made me think of illness too. So oftentimes you can get a diagnosis and it's like, oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It's like, we want to gloss over the reality and it's our own fear. And it's, it's maybe to your point, the belief that if we actually dance in that space, what you think about materializes. I love the clarity of thinking there. So and I like how you position that organizers and productivity experts can be support for clients. I just wanted to talk on about the denial piece a little bit, because with challenges that we can't see, and um, obviously COVID-19 and the pandemic being one of them, it's not visible until it's the symptoms are there and it's happening to you. It's not visible. It's not like murder hornets. I always said if COVID looked like murder hornets, we'd all be behaving a lot differently, right? I was reading an article on health.com about why people might not be choosing to wear masks, for example, even though the health guidelines have been clarified. And this is the quote. It says, denial leads to avoidance and then leads to not hearing the facts which in turn leads to not following safe measures to prevent the thing they fear, 
It is a vicious, unhelpful cycle, which ultimately contributes to the problem. So you're right. You mentioned the word fear, and that's where it starts. But what they're talking about there is it sort of spirals. And so then people are not even listening anymore. So there's a complete shutdown. So what can we do to become part of this conversation then as business owners that actually can help with the overwhelm? If people have moved to a denial position, I'm actually going to beat this disease. I'm going to be fine. I don't need treatment. How do we insert ourselves into these conversations? Great question. I think the first thing to look at is when we see any of these situations, and in fact, the most common reason we're brought into people's lives is because it has overwhelmed them. And as we know, clutter, be it that you work in the corporate field or in the residential field, or you're working on productivity of that time is clutter affects us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And when these unknowns happen, and we know about the knowns of that we need to have plans in place for potential illnesses, long-term care outside of even COVID-19, we know there's an inevitable for all of us coming at some point in time. But then when you put in those factors of unknown, is that what we need to do, how we can interject ourselves with our clients, is that bringing this up that we are there to help and work along with them. We can hold their hand and help them develop their go folder. We can help them create their memory totes. We are there to help them through this because if we can take away some of the logistics, then they will be able to focus on what they need to focus on, which is the fact that you have no control over the emotional. You have no control over what you may be experiencing spiritually for whatever the case may be as small or as large. And if we have some of these things in place and we talk our clients through this, then they'll be able to grieve or handle or work through whatever that unknown is far better. And they probably will come out far better on the other side of whatever that particular unknown is. And we are the perfect catalyst to start this conversation with our clients. I love it. So what the opportunity is to suggest the conversation right? In our marketing and our efforts and our reach out efforts with clients, existing clients, for example, our clients that we already have relationship with. Some of our blog posts could be all about this opportunity to be of support and maybe give an idea of what it could look like. Yeah. Cause a lot of people might be just putting it off because it's a difficult thing and they don't know what to do. So planting some seeds around that. The other big thing, Claire, is the aspect that who wants to talk about this? Who wants to On a Tuesday afternoon, who wants to work on their plans for if they weren't able to stay in their home for something that may happen to their home? As silly as, let's say that there was a a pipe burst, or let's say it is a global pandemic or a natural disaster or a health occurrence. No one wants to take a Tuesday afternoon and work through things that are not fun at all. And different from organizing where you see a clear end result. You see that record retention program in a corporate world that looks beautiful. You've spent all this time on something for what? A lot of people say, I may not ever need that. And the answer to that is true. We may not ever need that. But the likelihood is within our life, at some point, you will need that. And so let's put those in places so you can handle that particular situation the best you can emotionally. Well, it's a bit of an extension of buying a life insurance policy or buy, you know, at least with our homes, we're pretty much mandated if we're purchasing a home to have bought insurance on it. So maybe there's some parallel that can be made with, hey, these are some things nobody's mandating, but it ought to be there to make you feel safe 
and then liberate you to expend your energy and things that only you can do. I got it interesting when I did the podcast that we did prior is organizers actually had their clients listen to the podcast and then they started to have conversations. What we're doing, Claire, is we're utilizing our own skills and techniques that we have really honed ourselves into. And we're talking about the elephant in the room and saying outside of organizing the things or the digital aspect that we're saying we're preparing for something and having someone that's a third party who's not connected to us, you know, as we talk about in organizing, we're not relationally in most cases tied to these individuals. So we have that barrier of where we can look at things differently than they are. And we might be able to help solve some of these issues of what's holding that barrier up for them to attack these. And we are the perfect individuals to start that for them. Yeah. Can you give me an example of how you might begin that conversation or how, what have you done within your business or through your marketing materials or through direct conversation? Can you give me an example of, okay, you're going to, you're going to reach out to someone. What does that look like? You know, in a lot of cases, they have called me because of a particular unknown that took place, or we've had an unknown. It could be a natural disaster. And what I will do is I have recommended seven things that we should start with, with our clients that we can obviously reference here within this podcast, but I will start with them saying, do you have, I'll bring up one of the seven things. Have you started to establish a go folder? And some of them might say, you know, then that opens the door. What is a go? First of all, they're going to say, what's a go folder. And then we sit down and have that. I never bring up everything. I never say you should have kind of like what you see off of infomercials or, you know, here's the whole kit and caboodle of everything you need to prepare for. Even for instance, I reference these sites all the time, the local, state, and federal websites, but they're all daunting and overwhelming of you need to be doing all of this. Start with it just piece by piece. I will start by saying, do you have cash on hand? Where are you keeping that? But cash? before we get there, I want to go back to before we get there. Mm-hmm. In so far, and what you've done is respond to people who have reached out to you for help. Have you ever gone the other way? You know, you're reaching out to say, I'm just checking in with my clients. I'm just checking in to see how you're all doing. Have you had that conversation? And how would you, maybe you haven't done this and and I'm totally putting you on this spot here, but that's what I was sort of looking for because I thought it might help our listeners go, oh, I could say it that way. That feels, that's a good language for me to practice. Actually, the majority of how I've started it is with current clients who then this comes up. So I've been hired to work with them. I haven't brought it up right away, nor have they brought it up to me, but we've worked through various things. And then I'll say, you know what? Are you prepared for something unknown? Be it, and I'll use an example, a broken ankle or all the way up. Do you feel that you are prepared as a family or you individually or you as a business? Do you think you could handle whatever may come? And almost immediately, huge sigh. And the answer is no, I'm not prepared, but I can't even imagine attacking that. And then that's when I insert myself and say, I can help you. I can help you get ready for this. And we're just going to take it step by step. So depending on the client, Claire, this is what's important, is that where you may start with one client might be totally different than another. So for instance, I've done with some clients where I'll say, let's talk about one of the reasons I bring up the cash is I will start that conversation. I mean, I just throw it out there. Elephant in the room. Are you working on AI, a known preparedness plan? Are you setting yourselves up for whatever that may be? Doesn't have to be natural disasters. Their answer immediately is no with a sigh. And then I say, we're going to do this together. 
And a lot of times they will immediately take a breath of fresh air and say, it just seems so daunting. And I just can't even physically wrap myself around doing it. And that's when we say, I'm here to help you. Yeah. Cause they've probably been beating themselves up, feeling called out that it's not ready. Right. And so that's where we, you can look at various facets of where you start. Do you want to look at starting with a go folder? Maybe it's as simple as setting up their social media so they know they can reach out to loved ones. Is it working on your point of contacts of who you would call? Do you have a safe in your cash? I don't just blurt all this out. I'll start with one of those points and you're baby stepping them through it without telling them, by the way, we're going to hit this huge list of things. And it goes over very well. And a lot of times I'll have people come to me. Every one of my clients has come to me from a corporate or a residential and say, I know I'm only a third of the way there, or I know we've just started, but I already feel more control in the fact that I'm tackling this elephant that's in the room. And you're helping them, number one, acknowledge the elephant. And number two, we're creating a plan together. That plan may be different from one client to another, it's still the same ball, but we might be morphing it a little different for each one. And then number three, we're acting on the plan and we're helping them with that and letting them know, you know, so many people look at the 60,000 foot level and we need to come down and just look at the one foot level and say, all I'm working on right now is my goal folder. I'm not worried about my memory totes, my electronics, my cash. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm just working on this and I'm going to get through this. And we're there to keep them on task, consistent, and finish the plan out. Is this ever a part of a conversation when you're onboarding a new client and they've asked you for specific help on something that's gone really well? And as part of a, what other things might we be able to help you with. And the reason I'm saying that is because the fear might not even be part of it. I'm thinking personally, I'm very, very pragmatic. I've had a will in place, but it's from a province that I moved from 14 years ago. So it's time to redo that, but it's never been urgent. And I've always known it would be valid to some degree. It would be better to have one here. Hard to get a lawyer to tell me how, why, and how much better. I finally got that insight a week or so ago. And I've made it a priority to add a codicil to that now. And that feels better. And I have in the works to find a a lawyer to revise my will. But it's interesting. So fear wasn't a part of that. There were just other more pressing things to do. So if we're looking at the little things you can do, how do you raise this urgency about doing something while also creating that sense of safety in the process as well? I don't beat around the bush, to be honest. I'm very direct. I will say to my clients, we're working on, we might be in the midst of the project and I might be bringing up in the middle of it or towards the end. That varies on the client, but I'll just say, how are you and your family, if it's just an individual or a business, how do you feel you would rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in preparedness for any unknown? And usually they'll laugh, you know, in a nervous laugh or say, ah, I normally don't get over 10 or even in the seven to 10 category. That's a, yeah, that's a tough question. That question is overwhelming. If I heard that question, I'd be like, what do you mean by unknown? I'd be like, and as a planner, I try and plan for things. So that'd be, that would, what I was thinking there might be an opportunity and tell me how this sits with you is say, for example, you've been asked to help somebody with their paperwork and you come across documents and you realize there's gaps there. And where is the will? Where's the power of, you know, you notice a power of attorney or a living will is missing. If 
that an opportunity to say, oh, well, I know we're, we're staying on this task now, but let's talk about this. Let's reserve a few minutes at the end of the session to talk about this. Usually I use the opportunity right then and there, and you have those opportunities where sometimes it's not so out of the blue direct, especially if you are working on paperwork to where you can say, let's table this, put it over here, but we're going to put it on our to-do list. I've never had anyone not just completely back away from it because it's almost a relief that there's someone else along with them that they look at that could help them through it. Because as you know, I mean, looking at the situation of the example of the wills is that's a lot of family issues that they have to work through of who, what, why, and having someone who is not related to you helping you with that. Now, of course, I always advocate finding the correct legal sources and things of that nature, but us even having those conversations of, do you have a will? What is our steps to get that taken care of? But I think that there's a lot of other things that when I explain the unknown, and that's where I think a lot of people go to an unknown and they think really negative. They think that it has to be a global pandemic or it has to be a massive hurricane or tornado. It could be as simple as a child getting a broken ankle or you as head of household, you get a broken ankle. And are you prepared for life to still continue? You're not completely housed up and not able to do everything, but this is a significant setback. And are you prepared to know that we don't know what our unknowns are? but we could have control and getting things lined up to where we have things ready to go so that life can continue and not completely get out of control. Tell me, do you have a list of unknowns that you should have plans for? I never make them specific. I always say that we need to be prepared for minor healthcare issues, which when I say minor is like a broken something, a broken arm, a broken shoulder, a broken leg to where you're immobile, but not for a very long period of time, but it affects you. especially And temporary. Yes. Especially if you are the mom, dad, the caretaker of whomever, or maybe it's just yourself, but you have to continue to care for your animals and things of that nature. So my unknowns I describe are small medical to where you are temporary, not able to work at your quote unquote, hundred percent. We then need to look at your major medical of, you know, goodness gracious, let's say it is a stroke or there is, we find out we have a very big illness that's going to require an extensive amount of care and medication. You know, I think of like various cancers um, that where you would need to get chemotherapy and your energy level and everything would completely be diminished. Then we need to look at natural disasters. And that's a big area that a lot of people they immediately think that's what I'm thinking of all the time and it's not, but we do need to be prepared that anything could happen beyond the fact of flood, fire, earthquake, tornado, hurricane, and that's going to be different for every area. So it's not specific to, you go to a lot of these things that's specific to hurricane or it's specific to extreme heat. And we're saying we're preparing for whatever is a natural disaster within your area. And even if it happens once every few years or hundreds of years or 20 years, you're prepared. Yeah. Like it was really great when the ice storm hit in Toronto that we had a working fireplace. Didn't happen a lot or a generator. Generator sales go up after these events, but is it something you can plan That's for? That's exactly. It's afterwards. They experience the unknown because they weren't prepared. They go and buy it all. They never educate themselves or set any of that up thinking, well, at least I bought it. And then they end up in the situation five, six years, three months from now, and they're still back to square one. Another example of an unknown is looking at a global pandemic. And you also have to look at your home, where you live or in your workspace for those 
productivity specialists and organizers that work in the corporate is what if something happened to the office? What if they ended up having to wear, if they didn't have a full backup system for their record retention, is what is it that they're prepared for? And are they ready for that? What kind of redundancies are built in and yeah, communication, all of that. Yeah. So you're unknown. People need to step away from the aspect of just thinking of something horrid or a pipe burst, be it in your residence or in your business. A pipe burst, we're not able to be there. What now? And what are the steps that we have in place? And that's where I'm saying, no matter what the unknown is, put it as X, we can get ourselves set up somewhat in advance to where we could then handle the unknown that we have no control over far better because we have all these various steps put in place. I love it. Gosh, it sounds like we're providing different kinds of support. So number one, emotional support to face the fear. Number two, perhaps practical recommendations on the scope of things to think about. And then number three, it sounds like even just accountability could be useful for, you know what, I know I need to get my will done. Okay, I'm going to be back to you, my trusted professional organizer. Two weeks, if I haven't phoned and found a lawyer, I want you to ask me about that again. That's a huge part of it is the, even with my clients, not even discussing this, it's the accountability is that we're coming in and setting these things up. We're saying, let's make your point of contact list. And a lot of times what they need to do is just talk that out. And so we're working along with them and then they have to make those phone calls and such. I have found such big success with clients and those of my colleagues who have started to work with their clients. They seeing such great success of us just taking this opportunity, one, to work with your clients in a totally different aspect, but you have the skills to do so to help your client move into an area that prepares them. And the clients themselves are saying just how a breath of fresh air they have. And to talk about, they've gone from fear to now relief. Mm. And there's some momentum, like you said, there's some positive energy and momentum and, and that common control that feels good from having done something. So I love all of that conversation. What I'm curious about now is Maybe before we get into what we can do in our own businesses, and so how do we you know, put a spotlight on what we might need to be looking at right now, I'm thinking about the kinds of things we would talk to clients about. So if we have an existing client base, for example, mine your client base for people you know who would be in this geographic area potentially experiencing this specific thing. Mine your talents for where you have particular skill in a certain area that could be supportive of this kind of thing. So doing a little bit of an audit of your client and your skills potentially to figure out where some opportunities might be to go for. That's number one is that you have to, outside of presenting the elephant in the room, you also have to realize is your client emotionally and mentally ready to handle this conversation. The majority, I would have to say to a degree are, there are some that we all probably, any of us listening to this right now might say, nope, that client's not ready. That doesn't mean we don't necessarily bring it up later. Where I always recommend if you needed a starting point would be to start talking about that go folder. And in that go folder are like, for instance, the specific details of your home. Can I just stop you there? Just so if someone hasn't heard the term go folder before, we're probably launching this episode, I think, in Go Month, which is Get Organized Month, which is an event that NAPO has created. What do you mean by go folder exactly? And then we can proceed with where you were taking us. So I recommend that people start 
talking with your clients on a Go folder. So what is a Go folder? A Go folder is a folder of all of your important information that you may need to put your hands on immediately that lives in your safe, lives in your secure area. I like to say safe because I want it to be waterproof, secure, fire resistant, anything of that nature. And so it lives in there and it literally is a file that's meant to go with you. There isn't an acronym. It doesn't G, you know, it's not, it's literally just G-O, goes with you. Okay. What's in that, that may be your mortgage. It may be your insurance, your mortgage. Now, is it the actual document, your formal document? It's a copy. We're not taking the originals of anything because I would like those kept It might be kept in that same safe, but this is stuff you're taking with you. And we don't want to know you're losing originals when you're out there if you have to leave that area. Now, you may not actually have to leave your home. Keep that in mind. That's where people take this unknown way too big is it might be the medical situation where you need to get into that folder for whatever reason. So this includes your will. It includes anything in in estate planning. It includes your contacts that you may need to be in contact with. Isn't this mostly just in my phone now? Or is it like we're going to talk about digital versus the physical thing? So the reason I highly recommend that we also have a physical versus a digital is because one of the areas I talk about with unknowns is for whatever reason, be it that battery life is gone and you don't have access to your phone for whatever the situation or more importantly, Like for instance, you're talking about that ice storm. You don't have internet capability. Well, if everything is kept in that phone and you don't know anything, then you don't have it. So I'm a firm believer when it comes to the critical data that we have, I firmly agree that we should have a digital backup, but I also believe that we should have some physical because there is a point where digital just may not be available to us. I know I have in my car charging my phone before because running the battery in the car and then driving the phone because the power went out. This is a summer storm situation. So yeah, you raise a good point. It's, but it's understanding what might you need to have at your fingertips, a passport, for example, that would go in there. Yes. Prescriptions, things like yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not such an emotionally charged thing to actually start working on. Correct. And what's nice about that is that's where they usually need the help is the checklists, which I have a lot of this myself on my own website. But then if you were to use any of your local state or federal or territorial websites, they have this kind of stuff available. I think that this is far more important than having your food source, than having the blankets. This is the information you may need to get to ASAP. And again, you may not have that mobile connectivity to have it. And each person's going to be different. Someone may say, okay, I don't even need to even worry about the mortgage or the insurance for the home because that doesn't apply to me. And that's okay. But we do have medications. And we all have animals. Maybe you have animal medications we need to do. And then we need to look at our wills and our HIPAA and things of that nature. What's a a HIPAA? HIPAA is that for the medical form of saying that you have the release to give your information to others and, or they have the information to give it to you. This is because I'm Canadian. So I don't, I don't understand some of the U S acronyms. I'm like, say, what's a HIPAA? Sounds fun to me, but I don't don't (laughs) know. It's not fun. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. It's necessary, but not fun. But these are the things that I recommend starting and it's daunting. And that's where the go folder, again, no acronym just means I need to go be it to a hospital, leave my home or leave my office. I need to go. I know I'm taking the most critical data I need. And it is in a copy form. I want to reiterate, it's not the original. 
even though you have the digital that you plan to use as your first primary, this is your backup. And you know, you can take that deep breath of, I've got it. And where the organizer steps in is that's arduous to come up with that. That's very arduous to get all this together. And they don't want to do it. They, the client, don't want to do it. And we're going to nudge them along, give them that accountability to finish that product. Love it. Can we turn our attention now to our businesses? You know, we've been talking about helping clients, but what are we failing to look at in terms of unknowns that we should be making plans for? What can you talk to us about there? That's a great question. So when we look at our businesses, be it that you're a solopreneur, or if you have many, many employees that work underneath you, a lot of businesses are familiar with a term. The term is called COOP, C-O-O-P, which means continuity of operations plan. Mm -hmm. And a lot of businesses do have this, but very interesting, a lot of small businesses do not. Solopreneurs, just small businesses themselves do not. We're seeing that happen more and more to where they are developing a plan. And what a continuity of operations plan is, is how do I continue my business, but leave my location either physically, or I have to work digitally as many of us are having to do. Where we, our businesses are failing, again, solopreneur or many employees underneath you, is we need to have the conversation with our employees or perhaps even our vendors. This is critical of maybe your website developer, maybe the person who develops your newsletters, is have that conversation, be willing to throw that out to them of, are you prepared? Are you prepared personally? So when things change, you know, A, let's talk about employees that they might be able to continue to report in whatever the unknown is. And again, it might be an unknown that's just specific to them. They have a family member that's been hurt or they're experiencing health issue. When you're talking to your vendors, it's allowing them to go, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about my own self or how me being ill prepared is going to hurt my clients. And you're starting to have this conversation. So not necessarily worrying about your coup plan for your business, but Are your employees, are your vendors ready? So that way we can continue this cycle of connectivity and hopefully see businesses thrive or at least maintain or manage through whatever the unknown is, be it that it's specific to that business or it's like what we're all experiencing now, a global pandemic. Right. So it's about asking some questions. Yes. To make sure that you can continue and then responding and figuring out what you might need to have in place as backups. Yeah. And a lot of businesses, I will say, they work on their own plan, but they haven't thought about their employees or they haven't thought about their vendors. So I strongly suggest that you start to have these conversations because that will allow your business so you can work with your clients and continue to see growth if they're prepared. So given that we're still in the pandemic and we will be in restrictions for some while and sensitivities to the virus being so dangerous for a lot of us, What conversation could you have with an employee? What would that look like? So you're not perceived as being too invasive. How do you guide the conversation successfully? That's a great question. I think the first thing you do is, especially let's talk about employees, is that with employees, which is where the first conversation should be before we're worrying about vendors, is to present the unknown. I mean, from even what you may have learned from this podcast is that unknowns can be small. They don't have to be large. And having that just open-ended question of, Do you feel yourself that you're prepared for an unknown, be it a small medical situation that may happen in your family to a large something that may deter you from being able to actively participate as a team member? And having that conversation, just presenting that one question, 
we'll start to have them think through this. And then that's where you can present the ideas of if you would like any help, if I can guide you in any way, shape or form, I'd be happy to do so. And how we can work on getting yourself to where you feel that you can leave your family for whatever reason, or continue to come to work because of the medical situation. A very interesting fact happened was when I worked for Homeland Security Emergency Management, we did a test. It was just meant to do a test to see how the businesses would react. And so what we did was we acted as if our telecommunication lines had all been cut from Alaska and we had no telecommunications at all. And we involved all of the private partnerships, the very large ones, financial, healthcare, oil and gas, communications. And we had them all participate in this exercise. And what our number one thing we came to find out was that the businesses came back and told us that they would not have succeeded because their employees were not set up to handle and come to work for said specific exercise. So it really comes down to, as we say, you know, looking instead of the 60,000 foot level, that one foot level of they realized that even though they had these great plans, the business may not have been able to handle it successfully because the employees themselves, the vendors themselves were not set up or had set themselves up to handle this particular exercise. Oh, fascinating. As you can tell, I had done some disaster preparedness by not buying toxic plants, but I did not have a plan if my cat just knocked down the flowers. I don't know if you caught him. He was right behind me. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing back there? Oh, thank you so much because this is, you know, it feels, it feels a little heavy talking about it. It's making me think of what else I haven't thought of. And so I think as we present this opportunity to control things you can control and do some things so that if something goes wrong, you start to feel better. It may be even so helpful in dealing with how do you prepare and living with masks and their new routines coming in another house and with groceries. There's, there's all kinds of places this can go. And I think having that support that you talk about and the role we can play in being supportive service providers who are really aware, who are in our own turn, adopting some of these things. So we better be walking the talk on some of this too, right? If we're going to be helping people with it, we better have our wills in place, our power of attorney. We better have thought about how we're going to show up on all of these different things. So it's an opportunity, I think, for our listeners. I invite you to think about what in your world that could use a little bit more. It's not urgent now, but it's important. And what could use some attention there? And then how can you turn this into an opportunity to serve others? So yeah, Lisa, that's wonderful insights. I appreciate very much uh, you spending the time with us. Thanks so much for joining us from Meridian, Idaho. And I want to thank everyone again. This was another episode of Stand Out, your NAPO podcast. Stay tuned for another episode. And until then, be safe, take care of yourselves, and enjoy the journey. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.